Hello, I'm horror cartoonist Dennis St. John. I draw monsters and write twisted tales. As you can imagine, I was a little obsessed with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Lucky for me, so were most of my high school friends, all except one. One friend who stubbornly refused to join the Scoobies. So here we are, 20-some-odd years later. I'm teaming up with Doc Travis, John Teach Landis, and maybe a special guest or two. And we're going to make our friend, Michael Poli, watch one episode of Buffy a week until he's no longer the Buffy Virgin. Hey, welcome to a very special episode of Buffy Virgin, where we're not going to talk about Buffy. We're going to talk about the first half of the first season of Angel, uh, episodes one through 11, I believe. Right, guys? Correct. So yeah. I'm uh, oh, your yeah. host, uh, Dennis A. John. Uh, and this episode will be new to all of us because we've never done um, a recap like this. Uh, so why don't you guys all introduce yourself, starting with uh, Mike. Hey, I'm Michael. I'm the Virgin. I've only seen Buffy through half of season four and Angel season one episodes one through 11. <laughs> uh, our resident surgeon and detective expert. Travis. Oh, hey, hey, it's Travis. It's Travis. Don't worry, these hands, they don't unattach. Not like some people <laughs> uh, that you see in an Angel season one, episode three. Was it three or four? Four. So, I'm fully human. <laughs> uh, my name's John. I'm uh, a little less than fully human on my mother's side. And uh, I'm a guy who uh, likes Angel not quite as much as Travis does. <laughs> I think most people in this world are that. Yeah, <laughs> nobody likes Angel as much as this dude. So anyway, before we get into that, why don't we do a summary provided uh, by Michael? The summary. So I'm going to do a summary of each episode, about one to two sentences. Please add any details if you think they're obviously missing. But these are super high level summaries. Episode one, City of. Angel's an amateur detective who tries to get tries to help a girl who's in trouble and she ends up dead. Cordelia thinks she's getting an acting job and instead it's a vampire. Alright, episode two. <laughs> Lonely Heart. A real detective, Kate, and an amateur detective, Angel, team up to stop a demon that dates women and swaps bodies. Episode three, <laughs> in the dark. Oz shows up with the ring of Amara, which Spike wants. Angel gets captured and tortured, but ultimately gets the ring, which he destroys after enjoying some time at the beach. Episode 4, I Fall to Pieces. There's a neurosurgeon whose body can come apart, and he's stalking a woman until Angel stops him. Episode 5, Room with a View. Doyle owes someone cash who wants him dead, and a crazy lady, Maud, bricked her son into a wall, and then he died there. Cordelia wins a haunted apartment. Episode 6, Sense and Sensitivity. Uh, Angel tries to stop the mob. By that, I mean stupid little Tony, <laughs> who takes revenge by forcing all the cops to take sensitivity training that makes them way too sensitive. <laughs> Man, that's a weird one. Episode 7, <laughs> Bachelor Party. Doyle's ex-wife comes to town just in time for Doyle to get killed at a bachelor party. Episode 8, I Will Remember You. Angel becomes human and can finally date Buffy, but decides to get his powers back so he can protect her. Oh, maybe sad. Episode nine, Hero. Frightened refugees need Doyle's help. There's a beacon that will destroy them, and so Doyle destroys it by throwing himself on it. The end. Uh, parting gifts. Wesley shows up to go after a demon bounty hunter. Cordelia gets auctioned off at a weird demon event. Uh, and then episode 11 is the somnambulist. 
Um, Jeremy Renner was an angel. Can you believe it? And he was an old-timey vamp. No way. It almost uh, Kate learns Angel's a vampire. A vampire that Angel sired is killing people all over LA. Well, well. All right. Uh, thank you for those summaries, Mike. Uh, let's move on to Great Lines. Great Lines. Uh, Mike, why don't you start? Okay, this is an awesome line from episode one. Uh, Cordelia's in, I guess, Russell's place, the big fortress, and uh, she's just discovering uh, that something's up. Oh, God, I'm sorry. I'm getting all weepy in front of you. I probably look really scary. I finally get invited to a nice place with no mirrors and lots of curtains. Hey, you're a vampire. <laughs> yeah. I wish she doesn't say that with any fear. She's just like, ah, I figured it out. <laughs> yeah. It's such a good line. It makes you love Cordelia in the show. It's so it good. Uh, yeah, and then the other. And, sorry. Just like, and then him, like, no, no, I'm not. Like, he's still trying to play it off. And he's like, totally unprepared for like how knowledgeable she is. <laughs> That's good stuff. And my other favorite one was from Parting Gifts um, when, you know, they've kind of dealt with, you know, they've rescued Cordelia and uh, Wesley's getting ready to leave. And like, he clearly wants to stay. No rest for the wicked fighters through storm and rain, heat, famine, deep, painful, gnawing hunger, I go. And then Angel says, breakfast? Wesley <laughs> says, ooh, I suppose so. <laughs> so good. Nice. Uh, John? I really enjoy uh, Angel's um, like action hero one-liners. Uh, in this first half of this first season uh, my favorite one is in the first episode though where he he's like uh, the the evil vampire Russell is like uh, you know look at me I pay my taxes I keep my name out of the paper and I don't make waves in return I can do anything I want and Angel's just like can you fly <laughs> no <laughs> it's just it's like it's definitely like Arnold Schwarzenegger level punning it's great I mean, it's not even a pun he's literally throwing him out yeah. the window and no one does anything to stop yeah. it. It's, that's the most surprising thing about it. Yeah. Remember when I said I'd kill you last? I lied. <laughs> I just like love like this this idea that like can't prosecute me without a body dog, and it's like nothing. Don't do anything because there's no body. And then like it'd just be great if like if they ever used the phrase "no body, no crime." Like. If, <laughs> It, when they're done with these vampire things, which is just such a crazy concept. It's like more money, more problems. Like, yeah, yeah. No body, no crime. Like the vampires are always talking smack about how, man, we can never get any of our any of our murders prosecuted against us. You know, it's like, uh, it's such a weird dynamic. <laughs> um, I really like when uh, Cordelia is fighting a ghost mod, and is she's like calling out, calling her a bitch and stuff, and then. Cordelia's like, I'm not a sniveling, whiny little cry, Buffy. I'm the nastiest girl in Sunnydale history. I take crap from no one. <laughs> I just uh, The sniveling, whiny little cry, Buffy is like solid dig on Buffy out of nowhere. Yeah, that reminds fun. me of one of Spike's digs uh, when Angel's being tortured and he's like calling, he calls her Slutty the Vampire Slayer and like just makes Angel so mad. Yeah. <laughs> Did he? Did anyone think it was weird? Like in that episode, Spike knew who Cordelia was. Were you like, what? Like obviously Cordelia would know 
who Spike is, right? But have they had any interactions before? Yeah, or there's the time when Angel goes even goes into like this like involved history of like uh, Cordelia's position vis-a-vis yeah, the other like the cordettes and yeah, everything. I, yeah he starts talking about the cordettes and how how you know vicious they are they were to the other girls it's like was angel paying attention to that well i could imagine like buffy spending a lot of time complaining about cordelia to her boyfriend right yeah sure that, that checks out <laughs> um, cordelia did try to mac on angel for like half a season right that's right yeah salty goodness oh not on angel though yeah 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 like i get what you're saying yeah and buffy yeah She's definitely moved on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one, one line I like from some somnambulist some um, was he's like, there's been a murder. And Cordelia's like, it's not front page news. And he goes, actually, it is front page news. And then produces the front page newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> and then and another time, another point of the episode, Angel's all chained up because uh, they were worried he was killing people. And then she brings in a new newspaper and she says, Great news, sports fans. There's been another killing. Okay, well, maybe not so great news for, you know, the dead person. <laughs> but it was great news for, the, for that, we, that Angel wasn't killing people. But, uh, yeah. I, you could make a list of moments when the newspaper is used oh, to illustrate something. Tangible yeah. newspaper. Oh, it's so... <laughs> Wesley's like, oh, there's an auction going on. This, well, that's, that's what a, Cordelia was drawing. There's another <laughs> great line in that same episode where, where he produces the newspaper and she's like, you stole the dentist's newspaper. You're going to get us kicked out of the office. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. All right. Uh, why don't we move on to, instead of weird noticing trivia, we're doing best worst. Um, so we'll start off strong before getting silly. Uh, we have best worst episodes. Uh, and I think we all have our own independent lists to argue of over. Well, it's it was so hard to choose a single best episode in an entire half season. Uh, I think I have my my top, you know, four episodes. I loved City of the opening, the first episode, real strong. I love the attack on the fortress scene at the end. It's just like super fun, Angel as Batman as <laughs> kind of character. Like it's just such a crazy episode and not knowing what Angel was going to be like, it was surprisingly fun. And without any of the baggage I thought it was going to have, well, that changed, obviously. Uh, Sense and Sensitivity is the weird, super weird episode where the sensitivity training happens and like Angel's really nice. And it becomes (laughs) a challenge for him to do his angeling. Uh, But that was a blast. And then Bachelor Party is, gosh, I guess I got so many here. Bachelor Party is great. Uh, That's such a weird monster exploration. I will remember you is the one that I thought this like the, the with Buffy, I thought that was going to be what the show was going to be all about. And instead it's this one episode and it's beautiful. It's such a well done episode. Um, that's the only one I want to watch again, I think over and over mm-hmm. again. And then parting gifts with Wesley is incredible. Those are my top. And then the worst um, somnambulist with uh, I guess, Jeremy Renner. I thought that was pretty, pretty weak. Uh, lonely, lonely. So heart. 11, you have five best. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Yeah, I, can, I, can <laughs> I, I will remember you as the best. And then I think the worst is probably the somnambulist one um, with the unknown killer. I mean, it moves the story a little bit better than some other stuff. Maybe Room with a View is the weakest one. That was the weirdest one with uh, the, the, the most the surprising, creepy discovery that a woman shut her son up, bricked her son up in a room in her house and then died. And then the son died too. And it's super dark and weird. 
Uh, meanwhile, you know, Doyle's being pursued by people that he owes money to, and then it all just goes down in this haunted house kind of scenario. That was that was kind of the weakest one. Um, but best is uh, I'll remember you. Okay, back away. <laughs> uh, I listed a uh, hero and room with a view as two of my favorites. Um, I think I like room with a view for the exact reasons you hated it. Uh, <laughs> I just thought it was a fun, weird episode. And I like the double layering of ghosts. You know, I think it makes a complicated thing. Um, and seeing um, the ghost mom was cool. Uh, and I just, I like Cordelia's development that we see in that episode. Um, yeah, that's true. Uh, and I agree with you about bachelor party um, and parting gifts. Um, I list fall to pieces as one of my favorites, um, which I think was on your worst. Uh, Cause I think that dude is, is like such a weird, creepy guy. Um, I do have one issue of like, why do the hands crawl, but the eyes float? Um, I, that's such an interesting monster. I, I think it's, well, we'll get down to the, you know, monster stuff. Like that one's fascinating, but uh that is super weird. And that's a totally upsetting thing when you see it. Cause like you think you know how the monster works and you totally don't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I also listed hero, the like final uh, Doyle episode. I feel like it's just a solid completion of his arc. And it's part of like the ongoing, like discovery, lo- like learning about the world of angel and the Buffyverse, and about like monster on monster violence and like monster refugees. I like that stuff. Um, so my worst, I listed sense and sensitivity because I thought it was weird that, I mean, no, I don't know. I don't even know why I listed it really. Um, Lonely Heart felt skippable to me. And I just, some ambulance is just a difficult episode to watch for me. So um, for me, actually, my best is either Somnambulist or Lonely Hearts. Um, <laughs> and they're the two episodes I've watched the most on my inc- incredible rewatch of <laughs> rewatch of angel you know you don't watch every episode again but um yeah those are the two i love the most um i like lonely heart because it introduced us to, to kate lockley and then it's just got such a really dark message and they're they're kind of spoofing the eight like the eight it's also very situational because at the time the bar was like an 80s music type bar because it's where all the young people like were teenagers in Nowadays, of course, that bar would be the night with like '90s music, or like turn or like millennial type music, uh, Lonely Heart. And then you also see them like you see Angel like in a library looking up like dead, you know, missing girls. I think as well. That is amazing. That I think that, that's that's in the, intro, in the first episode too. Yeah. Yeah, he does that too, but I think they also do more detective like work, and they're you know, it's like what is happening? Like it's yeah. just so kind of unreal. Yeah, it's funny before West comes into the show how much the show is missing a Giles and like yeah. doesn't know how to like portray research, right? Yeah, well, it doesn't it doesn't even make clear sense why they're even investigating crimes except that Angel has some guilt. And so like their motivations are weird. So like Doyle has these visions. Let's go investigate Doyle's visions. And they're like, <laughs> something's going on at this bar. Let's figure it out. Like, is it just <laughs> And then I like Somnambulist be- uh, because it kind of mer- furthers like the Kate Lockley plot line. Um, and it actually has another vampire in it, which is, you know, for a show that has an immortal vampire, you know, there's not like a ton of vampires on Angel. Um, so like you kind of have to take you you, you 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 want to take those episodes when you see them, but I think it's kind of an interesting you know like thinking about your past and how you were in your past and how usually people want to disavow themselves of their past 
to be quite honest, humans or otherwise, you know, it's just sort of like, no, 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 no. I'm not like that anymore. Uh, so I, I think it's fun. And then also Chris Jeremy Renner is like a big movie star. So you get to see like this, this kind of humble beginning. Um, and then my worst one is hero. Just didn't jive with me. Um, just wasn't, it wasn't a huge fan. Uh, it was, it was well done. Actually, Hero's not really the worst, but the one that, the one I like the least is actually, um, in the dark. Mostly because it's just a spike heavy episode full of torture. Doesn't really get, doesn't really get me going. <laughs> it's such a letdown. They yeah. don't give Angel any of the power at the end. Like it would totally <laughs> change the show if he could go in daylight. Instead, they let him go in daylight anyway and just don't address it. Yeah, it's just funny. Whenever I, whenever I accidentally happen upon that, I'm like, what episode opens with this? Like, because the intro is pretty fun to that episode. Not where Spike's being homophobic, but before that, there's like a funny intro with Cordelia. Uh, she narrates stuff. And it's like, hold on, have I not seen this episode? And it's like, oh, this is the episode I never watch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm done ranting. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I have a lot to add to you guys' best and worst. I, my best is Bachelor Party. Uh, I love, uh, the only thing to add to what you guys said is I love Carlos Chakot, the guy who plays the demon. And he's also in uh, episode one of season three of Buffy, where he, uh, in Anne, he plays the like demon preacher or whatever. Yeah. That's just, he's just a really memorable character actor that I just love. Um, and I have my worst on here as hero, but the more I think about it, and hate talk hero, about it I think I'm going to join the Somnambulist as the worst episode <laughs> club because it is kind of rough. We're split, man. Half, half put on their best and half put on their worst. No, I think everybody put hero on their worst except me. <laughs> no, no, Somnambulist. Oh, Somnambulist. Yeah, no, I think it was everybody's worst except for... You dressed. Who said it was his best? Thought, no. Oh, really? I'm the one who likes Somnambulist? Yeah. Oh, truth comes out. You know, Trav, pattern, pattern is bold, emerging, folks. Very, very bold, Travis. Well, I, I think it's, I mean, it's really like, it's, a, it's, an, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a true connoisseur's episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's a nice way of saying it. Like, we really can't argue with that, so... <laughs> It's like, no. who's the crazy person about Angel? Oh, God, don't tell me I have the same, I have the same preference. You know, if you're listening to this, you know, I kind of hope to God you don't like Somnambulist because I feel like that's like a real, real negative predictor for you. I just like, so it's interesting you hate like In the Dark because I feel like what in the, in the Dark is the most like Buffy episode of the first, of the beginning of Angel. Like, I mean, partially because both Oz and Spike are in it, but it has that kind of, lighter sillier tone like a buffy episode right. um, lighter tone with the torture scenes i yeah, the torture see. stuff is weird but other than that yeah. no i agree it's more but, i mean buffy has always been about the tortures also right um versus like somnambulance is this to me is like this weird retelling of the spike story but with a much blander guy <laughs> like they even have like like the scene where like uh, Jeremy Renner and Angel run into each other again, and they and he's like, "Hey, why don't we eat cake together?" Like, feels very much like the like first time Spike and Angel meet each other in the um, uh, in the high school in uh, that episode, right? It's like the same kind of school like, hard, school hard. Thank you. <laughs> like, it's almost just like, oh, we're replaying the scene again where he can like Angel thinks he can take advantage of like them knowing him as Angelus, and it never works, right? Yeah, I mean, this is just, it's a slightly heavier episode for Angel. And I think it's hard because I don't like Kate turning on Angel and not 
kind of interpreting the data, but Angel kind of like goes along with, you know, yeah, it goes along with this other vampire he sired. And like, it's such a weird story to tell. And then to have at the end of it, like a simple takeaway where Kate's like, cool, you're the bad guy now. I'm not working with you. Is like, it hurts. And I, I guess I don't mm. know how it plays out. But, you know, in that arc, I'm like, maybe I'm just emotionally upset about it. So I'm putting it in the bad column. I don't like the way it makes me feel. <laughs> yeah. I also, like all the religious stuff I also don't like in this episode. I'm like, oh, the cross on the cheek. Like, I don't yeah. know. Like, I know it's, it was kind of like suspenseful as an episode. You know, you were like, well, is, did Angel really go bad again? There's like a little mystery. I mean, there's always a little bit of mystery in each of the episodes. But this one I thought was like more interesting. And, and you're right. It's frustrating that Kate like totally doesn't act like a rational person and be like, Oh, you're probably a good person since you tried to save those people's lives. And maybe I won't believe the, you know, all the stuff that was written about you, but in some ways it's also kind of understandable because I think she was like kind of hoping, you know, she deals with all this, you know, death and crime and murder. You know, her expectation was that angel was like a kind of a normal person who, who was good looking that she could like interact with. And that was her expectation, you know, talk about expecting. She wasn't expecting him to turn out to be a vampire. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So I think, think that's kind of real, right? Like when somebody doesn't turn out to be, you know, what you thought you'd be, I think you, I think most people are really, you know, they can be upset. They shouldn't, not necessarily they should be upset, but they could be upset. Kate is an interesting character. And part of it is it's like, it's hard to really get a read on her because like when we first meet her, she's undercover and she's playing a character and it's hard to know like where that character stops and where she begins. We can get into it more. Um, let's move on to best worst monster. Uh, Mike? Yeah, sure. So my favorite monster in this was the doctor whose body comes apart because it's yeah. the most surprising transformation where, you know, you see the eye floating and I guess I, you kind of think one way, like, oh, he's just watching the girl and that's what's creepy. And you think because he's, uh, you know, he's, he's worked on, you know, that part of the body that that's kind of how, how the monster operates. And then to see the rest of the body slipping around is just like such an unexpected J horror thing to happen. <laughs> that like it just yeah. kind of makes your brain melt a little bit. And that made me kind of love the show. I feel like the first episode I really enjoyed the second episode was a little bit weak for me. Um, you know, in retrospect, I totally enjoyed watching it. I'll get down to my favorite moments in a little bit, but that felt great. Love that feeling like, Oh, this, this show is going to do weird shit. I'm into this. And then the worst is the sensitivity training guy. Um, you know, I think his name's Alan, who comes in with the stick. And if you touch the stick, then you become sensitive. And like, it's the dumbest, goofiest concept that they play it out. So they can have all these weird, dumb character relationships. Because, you know, cops are all hard asses. Like, they have that cop bar where everybody's a fucking asshole. Everybody's an asshole to Kate and her relationship with her dad is terrible. But then, like, you know, you get with the sensitivity stick and then maybe you become a better person. And like, the fact that the fact that they did that episode and it played out, I mean, it's in one of my top episodes because it's so much fun and weird, but the villain is terrible. The explanation for how that happens is so bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, just the sheer amount of power that, like, a gangster can hold just by, like, working with Wolfram and Hart, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, we'll get revenge on those guys. Yeah. Like, and the opening's crazy with the yeah. accent and... <laughs> And like the docs and like the angel uh, in Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, that's always that's a win. I, I also like like uh, he's do he's doing that so that like Kate and the other cops can get there in time. And like how long like how long does that disguise work? Like how much time does he really slow people down? Like like 
he took the time to like dress in this weird Zero. costume. Zero. <laughs> to like not fool anybody for a second. He could have just come up as Angel and started punching them, right? He should have just he should have just hit him with his car and drove off. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> say it, thrift store detective. That's all. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I agree with Mike about the, the creepy doctor being the, the, the best. Um, I also, uh, from, uh, uh, hero, the scourge who I think are the same demons from the Buffy season three, episode one, episode. And yeah, like, I mean, it's definitely the same makeup, but I wonder if it's like some, like if there's some narrative there about them, like, I, I, I just want to know more about these guys who were like. I mean, it's scans, Nazis. Yeah, it's scans the yeah the Nazi uh, demons are the same ones r- running the other dimensional portal uh, labor camp. I mean, yeah, that seems on that brand. Makes sense. <laughs> but like, are they separate? You know, are they separate uh, sections of the same organization, or was yeah. it? Yeah, the uh, and shut down. Um, the ones from Anne seemed a lot less ideological, but maybe we just didn't see that side of them. Yeah, it's true, but it's weird. Like the scourge monsters come back and the main scourge monster plays a different character like in different episodes but it's like a little like confusing um i really liked both ghost dennis and ghost dennis's mom the look of ghost dennis's mom was good um i think i mean ghost dennis is just one of my favorite recurring characters probably because of his name (laughs) i just feel for him i feel emotional for him um i like the concept of the lonely heart monster um i don't think we really see it but you kind of um, see it. I I love it, and I I love just the uh, that that if that's my favorite monster is the Lonely Heart monster. Cool. Is it like it's so? I mean, it's it's a very clear uh, David Cronenberg knockoff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Totally. Uh, if you guys like seen Rabbit, like, it's straight out of Rabbit. Like uh, it's Rabbit slash Slither. It's yeah, or Shivers. <laughs> shivers, yeah. Or Slither. I mean, yeah. Any. <laughs> no, you're right. It's Shivers. Choose your body horror movie. Um, <laughs> But I, I, I love that actually the, a lot of the monster is communicated through the acting of people and like they're like horrible, horrible scenes in bed and they're yeah. like horrible screaming when you're having your spine penetrated or whatever. Yeah, and apparently like he's a bad lover also or yeah. it. Like, <laughs> nobody's satisfied. They're, they're always like, sorry. <laughs> um, also in that episode when they're like looking through demon books, there's a demon that looks like the stegosaurus demon from uh uh slayer fest 98 but it wraps intestines around its head uh i wonder what's going on with that uh and then worst (laughs) uh jeremy renner uh wow getting it (laughs) uh so and like this is complicated because i like the concept of both of these but both the bachelor party and the hero like demon integrated or good demons like i think they both had bland designs um and i'm going to talk about the makeup later maybe uh for this series in general um i don't think it's as at least now at least at the beginning of season one it's not as strong as the monster makeup isn't as strong as buffy and i think it's because john volich hasn't is still on buffy and hasn't like um left or isn't like uh isn't doing stuff on angel so it's, I was trying to figure out who was doing the monster makeup on, I guess I'm talking about this now, sorry. Uh, I was trying to figure out who's doing the monster makeup on Angel right now, and there's not like a main guy as far as I can find, find but I found the names Dane Johnson and Glenn uh, Hetrick. And Glenn Hetrick, uh, monster makeup fans probably know from um, uh, Face Off. He's one of the hosts on Face Off. He's one of the judges, I mean. Uh, and he has a really long career, but he was doing makeup for this. 
So I just think maybe there just wasn't the budget, like Angel spends its budget differently <laughs> than Buffy does. Um, and so I just don't think they were, they were putting, like you can tell even the vampires look a little different. Angel as a vamp, especially in the first episode, looks so different. Um, so anyway, that's the kind of stuff I... I, yeah i don't know how they spend the makeup budget because some monsters look amazing and some are random so like yeah it's hard to know i'm sure if we could get just get the production calculator and just see how they spent their money it'd be great i know we need this <laughs> well how much does it cost to rent that sweet convertible i think that probably the more shots that's in the more expensive <laughs> plus um, the thing only gets like 10 to 12 miles per gallon <laughs> I don't think they're driving it for very long, though. Yeah, but idols, it's even worse. Uh, and I also like that the look of the oracles was like bland, uh, uninteresting. Hmm. Um, I'm like everyone else. Uh, the doctor from Fall to Pieces or the burrowing demon were the best. The worst were the hero demons, just because they're not—they weren't even that memorable. So, um, yeah, that's me. All right. Uh, John, you didn't write any, but do you got some? Yeah, I mean, I just love the burrowing demon. I don't. I think I'll leave it at that. It's uh, that that it, it, I'm a sucker for the body horror. So yeah. <laughs> All right, let's do uh, best work, best slash worst uh, character look slash work. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, I've never seen this care this like designation before in a list. Uh, let's see how this goes. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry. I just I just want to tried to create this by uh so i could just say angel with a pink motorcycle helmet is a pretty solid look uh which episode is that that's when uh doyle returns and he's a rogue demon hunter and he makes angel ride on his back not doyle wesley 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 oh sorry yeah the replacement doyle wesley uh because i think the show is doing really weird things with like the sheer amount of gay jokes and like how often people seem to misinterpret, maybe misinterpret Angel as gay. Um, So to kind of play with that with the pink helmet uh, is something. Like he's so clearly, I don't know, just for his character to be like, Angel's supposed to be like, Angel's supposed to be this like, I don't care about the world heroic heroic guy, but he's very clearly concerned about his look, right? (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of jokes about uh, Moose and- yeah. Hair gel and stuff. Appearance, yeah. Uh, John? Okay, yeah. Uh, so I also want to talk about Doyle's look. Uh, so, like, Doyle's outfits are like uh, like De Niro and Goodfellas. Like, he's got these, like, Tyler Durden jackets and shit that he's always <laughs> wearing. And I love that. I actually like that look. Like, I feel like if I could pull that off, that, like, weird early 80s gangster look, like, I would totally try to do that. Uh, but I also feel like it's weirdly anachronistic for the show. Like he doesn't, he looks like he belongs in another decade or something. And, uh, it doesn't, it, it's one of, I think many problems with the Doyle character that makes him seem out of place. Uh, Doyle. <laughs> uh, Mike. Oh, just my favorite look, uh, best reveal maybe is like Wesley in leather is fantastic like just the total character transformation from where he was on buffy is such a wonderful surprise on uh, parting gifts just like wow like you're smiling the entire episode every time you see him do something because you're like this is wesley and <laughs> kind of like 
you you know the presentation is completely different but the character is somewhat the same or mostly the same and that's just amazing such a wonderful surprise and then maybe this is the wrong category for this but just um the in the i fall to pieces there's this great scene where angel's in the doctor's office and like doesn't really have a plan for how he's going to uh convince this neurosurgeon character to like take him seriously or whatever he's trying to do because he's totally snooping around and then he's apparently this desperate guy is trying to save his wife and like just the flip of angel like spontaneously coming with this plan or how it feels is amazing and like i just want to see angel pretend his way through life as a detective when from based on that amateur scene and that's maybe not the maybe not a look it's work best character work i just love the way angel's working because you see him working (laughs) he's working it man uh travis i love it when uh wesley slips on the coffee beans uh when he walks into the office is like just the most perfect comedic timing ever and like so goofy and his character is so goofy and he has this really fun linen suit this like uh, like like cream colored or off-white linen suit that he wears as well yeah and that's what he wears directly after the leather right yes and he wears it off and on for a while but it's just like it's so like it's so weirdly pretentious and strange and it's out of place and it's wonderful too. Um, but yeah, his comedic timing slipping on those coffee beans. And then he's like, I'll pick them up for you. Wait, did that even happen yet? Oh wait, no, maybe that hasn't happened yet. No, it has. Oh, it has. Okay. All right. Yeah, it has. Uh, like, I'll, I'll wash them off and stuff and dust them off. And it's just like so pathetic in that moment. Like he's really going to dust off and wash these each individual coffee bean. Uh, a quick note about that, yeah, the coffee beans thing is that, uh, so my uh, life accomplice, Harriet, uh, she's, you know, she's got a, a PhD in literature. She's a very quiet, calm, you know, quietly intelligent kind of person. But I've never seen her laugh as hard or for as long as when we watched this, that episode. Because <laughs> like, uh, that, that, for whatever reason, like that kind of slapstick just kills her. And like, she laughed at it so much. I was, I brought up that we were doing this and I brought that up to her um, the other day. And uh, she, she was like, she's t- saying she basically refuses to ever watch that episode again because like she wants it, the memory fixed in her head the way she has it. <laughs> she doesn't wow. want to watch it again ever because it was just too good. That's amazing. That, um, uh, sorry, this is not related exactly, but uh, you, you calling her your life accomplice. I've, I've listened to you try to describe her a couple times. And yes. you're not cov- you know, you've said different stuff, but I think life accomplice is a great, solid one. I yeah, think. we're sticking with that. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, uh, we're not gonna, we decided we're not going to say wife on like feminist grounds. Uh, and partner just sounds like weirdly sterile. Uh, but yeah, life accomplice. All right, sounds I'm, good. I'm starting. A, I'm starting a trend. I want everybody to start using that. Oh, partner sounds fun. It sounds exciting. It doesn't sound sterile. <laughs> I use partner all the time because it's not gendered, and I like I right. like, like gendered vocabulary. But no, I mean, yes, partners a law firm, right? You can be partners of a law firm. You can be partners on like a hot dog cart. That, you know, <laughs> <laughs> what's more romantic than a hot dog cart? Well, being part owner of a hot dog cart. Let's get that straight. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, partners. You know, partner in crime. I mean, it's got a lot. I'm just kidding. I have no <laughs> partners. So uh, our next section we have listed as best slash worst new character. Um, why don't we instead just say, let's talk about Doyle for a minute, and then we'll talk about <laughs> Dave for a minute. And like, those would be our, our section. Yeah, it sounds good. However we rate them. Yes. Like, those are, I think those are the two ter- characters we're going to like try to tackle. 
Um, so like, I just wanted like a little setup for Doyle. Um, like this is a unique opportunity. I don't like when talking about a show like this where we got basically what, eight episodes to meet a character and then they died. So we get right. their complete arc right now and we could kind of assess the full character, which I don't think we've ever been able to do before. True. Um, and then Kate is uh, more but ongoing. But... Well, that's also you confirming that Doyle doesn't come back in some form. I mean, I guess <laughs> Cordelia has the vision from Doyle. Uh, hasn't been confirmed to me that Doyle is off the show forever. So uh, thank you. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Spoiler. Spoilers. <laughs> I mean, ish, right? But you know, anyway, it's confirmed. Um, so the actor whose name I totally forgot who plays Doyle, uh, I mostly know from Roseanne. He's Becky's husband right. on Roseanne. Glenn Quinn. Yeah, Glenn Quinn. Thank you. I just forgotten. And who who um, wrote for Roseanne? Uh, Joss Whedon. Yeah. So I together. Like, so it's not a random actor. No. <laughs> and uh, uh, this is his real accent on TV before. He'd always had to fake an American accent, but he's really Irish. Uh, so yeah, uh, let's dig into Doyle. Why do why does the show need Doyle? Can I start there? Like why does why do we need a Doyle on the show? When they could add Whistler? Yeah, I think he's yeah. well, they like, clearly they intended to have a Whistler. He he's that, similar to the Whistler. He's the connection of the powers that be. And it's also kind of establishing that the powers that be are using like demons. They're using who they can. And it's not like about like it's a redemption for Doyle also. They didn't find a white knight to be this this oracle or whatever the seer uh they found somebody like angel who is also on a redemption arc or maybe should be on a redemption arc right <laughs> he's very like uh do you guys watch um did you ever watch dead like me no it's a show about um grim reapers it's um i forget who did it but it's uh, uh the guy who did hannibal and he did like does that have army hammer on it no but there's a character very similar to uh, it's uh, to Doyle called Mason on that. So anyway, all right. Um, I'll go ahead and say that for me, Doyle doesn't work at all, and that I don't like him. I don't care about him. I think the thing that doesn't work is that they got this like. First of all, there's problems with Doyle. Are number one the like. I feel like the Irish stereotyping is not great. Like he, how many bar fights does he start? He's constantly drinking. Like, I feel like that's not great. Uh, I'm not into uh, the way that like he talks to and about Cordelia. It's like kind of Xander-esque. Like we could do without that. And the, my actual real problem with him though is that the character doesn't feel right because they chose such a fresh-faced, young, handsome guy, but he acts like a like a seventy-year-old man. Like he's always like, "I'm all world-weary, and I've been to places, and I've gotten all scuffed up in my life." But he looks like he's twelve. And I mean, I know that the, the actor probably is even older than he looks, but like, it just it just doesn't. He never quite sells the idea that he's uh, has this like long and storied past. It just never quite works for me. I think the the most confusing math of that is in Bachelor Party when they talk about how you used to be like an English teacher or a, a elementary school teacher when he was like eighteen or nineteen. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> uh, yeah, that I maybe is one. Like, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I feel like Bachelor Party is the best episode we get with Doyle, like the best Agreed. kind of Doyle experience. And it's super unique and weird. And I don't know how that could happen with another character 
because you need someone who's had like a weird past that you can bring up that's you know we've seen what angels past episodes are like they're like somnambulist and uh that one weird one where it's it's christmas <laughs> and uh yeah but like that's a really unique and fun like world to access through bachelor party and i would love to see more of kind of those stories and obviously that's the only one we get of that style where you kind of really see a doyle pay pay out hero is like kind of making good on that character and like giving him an arc so you can kill him off and you don't you know he doesn't feel like uh, a total tool like it gives that character that moral ending which you know righteous righteous death right Mm -hmm. but it is He's definitely a challenging character. My, my, my biggest challenge is like, why does he have to be there? And why does he belong? Because he's this instigator that like has a vision and Angel follows up because Angel doesn't know what to do. Doyle also doesn't know what to do. And so instead he's like diseased with this vision of problems that he needs to solve and vague uh, jumbly ideas of where they're at and what they need to do. And I feel like as a story concept, and I, you guys are saying powers that be and that's the oracles trying to write the world. But like, that is weird. That's a weird world problem to have when there's so many specific problems that can be solved and then to be like, oh, there's, it's kind of over here. Let's go check it out, Angel. And like, <laughs> Billy had a vision. Let's go look at it. Like that that gets to be kind of the pattern for this show uh, yeah. is, is weird to me. Like it's like the, the heroes and the characters don't know what's going to happen. And in this like slot machine of uh, demon problems kind of get, <laughs> like pulled at the start of the episode at some point. Um, is kind of an unsatisfying way to like jump into the action. It's with, with complete randomness. It's almost like taking a, in the same unsatisfying way that the start of an improv show, like, Oh, suggestion from the audience, you know, suggestion from space. Uh, so that part is tough. Um, the Bracken demon transformation thing is cool. I like the weirdness of that. Like I, you don't realize that he's a, or I didn't realize as the, you know, watching the show that he was a demon. And so seeing this weird spiky monster that he becomes sometimes is really weird. I don't mind that he has a past. I actually think that's a more reasonable way to introduce drama into the show than the visions are. That for like, it's a problem to be friends with this guy. He comes from a dark world and like, he seems friendly, but like he's done some fucked up things and same way the angels done fucked up things. And so characters can come through their lives. I like that a lot, but I don't like the visions as the, and it's just like, I, I don't like it, but like, it's fine if the show does it. It's just, I don't like visions as a way to move the story forward. And so that I think what bothers me the most about Doyle, not his character, not I'm hitting on Cordelia and like the, the weird way that relationship kind of ends up. I don't mind that so much. Just the, the, his power, his, his plot yeah, device powers, but his plot device power. Yeah. <laughs> well, you gotta have a plot. To, like, I don't know. I feel like, what is it? Like justice friends had like just a crime computer or something, right? Like, <laughs> We just need some way of the characters knowing about these adventures. Yeah, I, I read somewhere, I think, uh, Tim Minear, I think, was saying that the original idea of the show was that it was going to be kind of like a case of the week uh, via, yeah. via visions that, like, they would just, like, every, every week it'd be a new vision and a new person to save. Yeah, and they can do that anytime they want. I mean, right. That's nice. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Do you feel like we've covered Doyle? There's more things to say about Doyle. I, I mean, I have a creepy thing I want to say about Doyle, but well, so part of the best part of watching the show for me to jump ahead for a moment was watching it with Travis because Travis is a super fan and watching it with Travis has been a blast, like going and hanging out and watching the show. And uh, I think we just introduced to Doyle and he liked, we liked Doyle. And then Travis revealed to me the actor 
you know, died of a drug overdose. And like, I Pretty thought recently, that was real. Right? No, oh, not no. recently. Okay. Oh, okay. No, no, like no. 2002 like, or something. Cool. Okay. Oh, okay. And I, that was like totally shocking. Cause I was like, he's like, Oh, you like this character? Maybe you don't, I don't know. And then, <laughs> yeah, this is kind of the end of his career. Cause he dies. And like, I don't know. It was that, that, that cause like, yeah, that just felt like a little, made me feel kind of sad about the about the show and stuff in the world but um uh anyway it's kind of it's like it's a it's a super sad intense like end to this like the character to be in my mind i can never fully separate it from like the actor a little bit because of what happened yeah so it's 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 like a character that i would have been fine with on many more episodes although wesley comes in and is great but then it's like i you know the actor and you know it's like you wanted more you'd love to see what else he would do or you know could he have come back in the third season or fourth season That's- yeah i almost feel like there's a point where there's a writ like something was written for him that somebody else that they basically created a new character instead of bringing him back right yeah, um, yeah that's i think that's totally just one episode that comes to mind right yeah yeah um that's just so sad and yeah. Uh, yeah but you know the space that to be about the show for a second the space that it gives before wesley appears makes that wesley episode amazing because it's just like it's so deserved and earned to have that character enter but i still like i still can't believe how nonsensical the show would appear if you'd never watched buffy (laughs) yeah i keep thinking about wesley was really never explained as Oh, no, they never turn to the, to that, that demon that they're hunting and be like, Oh, this is my friend from Sunnydale, California. He used to be a watcher. What's a watcher? Well, they watch the vampire slayer. Well, what's a vampire slayer? Well, you know, it's like a once in a generation time. Or <laughs> she's 18. Wait, turns why is Cordelia making out with everybody? What's she trying to do? Yeah. <laughs> you should turn to that monster and be like, this is my friend, Wesley. This is, this is the rundown. Because there's no conceivable way if you were watching that in real time, have any understanding about WTF Wesley and it, the internet was out. It was 2000 or something, <laughs> but it's like, come on, son. Well, it also like in the first episode when they have Doyle on Doyle, they have Doyle tell the angel story of his life to angel. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, I don't want to like a way of doing exposition. People who haven't seen Buffy, but like, there's no way that's like three people. Right. <laughs> well, then also he's like, I don't want to hear it. It's like, hold on. What if, <laughs> up some new viewers he's like i'm tired i'm tired of this story i know how it ends (laughs) okay you could have let him go on a couple more sentences (laughs) it's kind of crazy but wesley's amazing i mean uh so many great characters show up that weren't you know in the first episode should we move on to talk about kate for a little while Kate Kate Kate. detective lockley who when she's like so in she's in what episode Three or four? When does she come in? She comes in at two. At two. two. She's really, oh, she's at two. Early. Oh, okay. That's she's early. early. Yeah. She's in Lonely She's Hearts. at the bar just being a person, yeah. not a detective. Yeah. Just trying like, to connect. I feel like there's this thing that happens early out of the series where he keeps meeting blondes to either save or fail to save. Right. Summer blondes. Like, but I wouldn't put her in those. Well, that's what I, I'm, I feel like she's set up to look like that. And then right. she expands. Yes. Uh, uh, but she's still I, very much is trying to is I mean not she's not trying to do it. The show is trying to fulfill this like Buffy space and Angel's heart with some blonde. Yeah. I like her as a romantic interest for Angel so much more than Buffy. 
Yeah. yeah. I, was, I was talking so with Angel about, uh, I was talking with Donna about Angel and she was like, could you imagine the conversation that they, that if they ever start dating, like about the conversation of like, who's your ex? It was like, well, the last person I dated was a high school student. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, that's the thing is that Angel- I first started watching her when she was around 14, but we didn't kiss yeah. until she was <laughs> 17. 15, 15. <laughs> Angel, Angel Buffy, feels like an adult dating a teenager it really does feel that way it feels like there's an imbalance of experience and power in that relationship whereas yeah with with uh with with angel and kate it doesn't feel that way like kate feels like a fully realized like person who has adult problems and adult like emotions and that just feels like an appropriate relationship and they have so much in common i really do want them to like smush their faces together Yeah, me too. I, I've been my kind of virgin predictions, virgin thoughts. Like I totally assumed that Angel and Kate would hook up in some way. And that would be the challenge of this show. Uh, of course, when I will remember you shows up, you know, and plus with Somnambulist, it's like clear that's not the arc for those characters. Um, as far as I can tell. But uh, I loved her as a romantic, potential romantic interest and like that vibe of them working together and like the very quickly she pushes aside like any um, any concerns you might have about working, um, of getting secret information for detectives, you know, for Angel. Angel gets all the access he needs to files and to information yeah. about crimes and shit. <laughs> like, I love that because I, I mean, I kind of also like this kind of teaching arc of Angel being a shitty amateur detective and connecting with professional. Like, Angel can act like he knows what he's doing, but he clearly doesn't in most scenes. And for Kate, who's a professional, to be like, oh, you're a colleague and I can share this stuff and like kind of that mentor arc for him is really fun um but it, but she's a delightful character like I, I can't think of the name of the actress but she just um has a lot of ma- you know i want to say maturity just because she's older but like she has such a maturity and like the character's so full, fully realized that like i didn't realize the show could even do a character like that yeah because i think it's i don't think the show has had a character like kate who like really like lives and fits in the role. I think there's a lot of caricatures. Like what think for instance of the mayor or the principal, you know, like these characters are, they're played well by character actors, but they're played kind of fantastically and strangely with like very, a lot of eccentricities versus Kate's portrayal of a cop is a very realistic portrayal. It feels like a down to earth. Like you can, you understand how that, that world works and it feels real because of her acting, what she adds to it versus you know, the mayor, like how politics run, you're like, mm, okay, there's some demons involved. This is weird. I, you know, we don't well, have to think about it. Yeah. And I think also that comes down to like Buffy and Angel being different types of shows and Buffy being like, especially the first three seasons is like a show from the point of view of high schoolers. And so you're not going to get like a complex view of like adult jobs. Right. And right. like Angel's a more adult show. Like the characters are just more adult and like now, yeah they're free to explore like more mature visions of jobs. Right. Right. And it's, and it's because she's such a strong character, like the characterization is so strong. And I love that what you guys have said about being a professional world, uh, that sense and sensitivity is so funny because the inversion of her world is such like a strong contrast. I mean, I, I guess it's on other people's worst list, but for me, that's a best though. It's an undeserved best. (laughs) <laughs> in the sense that like I don't think the monster is good and it doesn't make sense to do the thing they do but they did it and it's fun that they did it to play with that idea um, but like it, that's what makes that episode so strong for me sad that she doesn't trust Angel I hope it works out <laughs> yeah it's like yeah nobody's 
been introduced to the vampire world like that before, right? Like it's usually when you get introduced by a vampire world, it's by being like saved by Buffy or maybe saved by Angel. But now it's like you did fucking detective work to figure this shit out. And like your detective work led you to Angel being a monster, right? So it's a totally different like, yeah, welcome to the world. But she's one of the most exciting characters to watch. Her and Wesley are the most fun to watch. And uh, I'm excited to see what happens with them in the second part of this season. Oh, what about the unnamed character, a.k.a. Los Angeles? (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah. That's the most important new character. Yeah, I definitely think Los Angeles is a character on the show. And a lot of it is like a little hokey. Uh, you know, uh, young starlets having, you know, getting the advantage taken of them or whatever. Oh, and right. like, a lot of that is like, a, I don't know, it seems a little bit cliche. Or standing on rooftops. Yeah. <laughs> I love that standing on rooftop green screen where Angel's like, this place reminds me of home. Yeah. The city. Oh, my city. <laughs> oh, my God. And the crazy cuts they do between scenes. Like, yeah. I don't know what you call those moves. Yeah. Yeah. The 90s cut. <laughs> It's, I think it's supposed to be a simulation of his visions, right? Of like the, like this is how intense driving through the city is. It's like having your brain attacked by the powers that be. <laughs> oh my god! I can't believe anything in in Los Angeles is uh, connected by a tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the tunnels. Don't worry about it. Like Angels just has this perfectly located tunnel apartment. Yeah. Also, oh yeah, let's talk about Angel's apartment for a second. Because like he set up that apartment and the detective agency upstairs before he knew he was going to run a detective agency. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, it just happens to so perfectly fit for what we're going to do. How is it? it, He's found this amazing apartment and lifestyle, but like Cordelia's struggling. Okay, there's two questions. One is, how does Angel find his place? But it comes down to like, where does Angel get money from? And, you know, also Cordelia's like struggling to find a place that's rent controlled. She's like going to live in a haunted apartment and maybe work out like Angel's apartment is perfectly located, has sewer access, um, which maybe most people most people will be like, no, thanks. But he's like, heck, yeah, get a tunnel around the town. Like, where does he get his money? Where does Angel get his money? Here's also like we all know, like in real life, the Ninja Turtles would smell terribly. Right. Because the turtles <laughs> Like. Does Angel's apartment look nice but smell like raw sewage? Um, huh. That could be why the rent is low. Didn't we already hear like um, Cordelia make fun of him? For being 200 years old, you really need to have an investment portfolio. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he does. That could explain it all. I always figured in Sunnydale, he had a mansion because he just like... He killed the person. Literally. Yeah, he killed the vamps that were already setting up. Like maybe oh. it's a similar situation. There was right. like a vampy, like there was an <laughs> evil vampire detective agency that he <laughs> took over. I guess the other question is, who moved his stuff from Sunnydale? Like, did he move himself? Did he rent the U-Haul? Did he sent for his things? He's yeah. such a yeah. I mean, he's. <laughs> I feel like he's a minimalist. I don't think he has much shit. Like no, no. Remember, nothing. remember yeah, back in shit. his like first apartment, he had that like framed jade sculpture or something. Oh gosh, yeah. Like I feel like he's very much a guy who he doesn't collect a lot, but he like yeah every like good ten fifteen years he picks up a new piece and he's like this is important to me now. Like, so he's like, I feel like he's got a he's probably really good at moving. He's figured. That <laughs> out. Yeah. Okay, let's go on. There's something about blondes here. Oh, I think we already kind of covered this, but I said um, okay. 
best worst uh, Buffy proxy. Sure are a lot of blondes for Angel to save. Yeah, stay tuned, yeah. Uh, uh, John, I believe this is your category now. Yeah, I wanted to talk about, this is going to be my best and worst things that aren't on the first half of the first season of Angel. So the, the best thing that is not in the end, meaning the thing I wished actually was, is that apparently they shot this footage in uh, the first episode uh, when, you know, Angel's like trying to like save Tina, but he actually fails. Like he, she actually dies. Like uh, kind of like at the beginning of the third act, she dies. And uh, he goes and finds her body. And originally the way they shot this was he goes and he finds her body and he picks up her dead, her lifeless body and cradles it. And, ha- and, he, gets, and he gets her blood on his hands. And then he like licks his fingers. Like he puts his finger in his mouth and then they cut. Like that was the original <laughs> way that was shot. Oh no! And it was meant to like. I guess it was meant to be like. There's this darkness inside Angel yeah. that's still there. But like, I I think that would have been amazing if they left that that way. That sounds <laughs> so good. That, that that sounds like it's part of the setup Doyle gives. That's never really explored. Of like, right? He drank Buffy's yeah. blood not that long ago, and he like him as an addict or something. Like he. He's been off human blood for so long, but now he's back on it. And it's like, can I maintain my human blood sobriety? Right. right. Um, and then the other thing, though, this is my worst thing that is not in, meaning the thing that I'm glad they didn't put in. Uh, this is a, a quote from Tim Minear uh, from this interview. And he says, uh, David Fury, who wrote this episode, had written a script called Corrupt, in which Kate was a police officer working undercover as a prostitute who was actually becoming a prostitute. And she was addicted to crack. <laughs> That was originally the introduction of Kate. And so that was, they, they wrote this script and we're going to make it. Uh, and the studio was like, no. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that, I mean, <laughs> considering like this is a show on the WB, right? Like, this yeah. way darker. Okay. Oh my God, that's so <laughs> Hey. <laughs> I mean, is there anything written that reflects that, or is that just like there apparently was a couple of finished script they were ready to shoot? Crack addicted undercover cop. I mean, you know, you don't have to show that undercover many as a prostitute, but then she's really a prostitute because she's addicted to crack. That's that's the character, huh? Oh man, this feels like, like there's this whole script on the Buffy Wikia or the Buffy verse Wiki. They they have like quotes from the. Uh, from the script and this oh, whole plot summary. I didn't even know this was a thing. This feels so much more like, you know, the wire or like <laughs> yeah. life on the streets or something then. Well, it does make a little bit of sense. Cause that episode one, like that, I was a little put off by the Tina characters, like drug addiction, you know, and maybe they're just trying to make LA seem, you know, so different from Sunnydale, but like her, she's jonesing for drugs. Like, I don't think they're even specifically, I mean, they're talking about crack, I think, but it's implied. I don't, I think they say rock or something like they don't say, you know, it clearly crack, but like jonesing for drugs in a weird way. And like, that's, it felt a little off for that drug world to be involved with the angel world. But I, it seems like they quickly move away from that and back into demon territory. Yeah. Um, I but prefer, would, yeah. I prefer magic drugs on, in this world. Like oh, I'm getting so high on vampire blood or something. <laughs> but you could, I could see them subbing out the Tina character for Kate in that opening. Cause like, that, that's maybe what kind of how you would morph that story. Oh, just make it not a different character and Drew Stina and Kate in a different way. <laughs> that's what they, Tim, you're right. Tim, my near said this. 
Um, I wrote this this episode of Corrupt, police prostitute who's um, becoming a, a police officer becoming a prostitute addicted to crack. Um, this was the first episode after the pilot and it was written before the new staff arrived. They just went incredibly dark with this thing and decided at the end of the day that it was a little bit too hopeless, a little too grim. After that episode was written, it was actually being prepped when the network too had some concerns about it. <laughs> that kind of makes sense though, that it would, it would be like... In between like shift change, shift change, and this is what happens. It would be like a Buffy like writer who's like, oh, here's something I could never do on Buffy. Like, yeah, you can't do this on Angel either. <laughs> you can't do this on the WB, brother. You know, it's like... I mean, I know it's on at nine o'clock, but... Now, I wonder, though, like, what, you know, goes into the spinoff show, right, where you're like, this universe is going to be different, right? Like, there's kind of, you want to put your mark on a show, you got a new direction, you can kind of play around with the characters, do more fan fiction-y things. Yeah, new time slot, new location, different actors. Like, with Cheers, you know, the Frasier, you know, kind of world, it's like, let's make yeah. this... Uh, that was pretend- grim. <laughs> let's make it grim. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Frasier's a prostitute. <laughs> He tries to keep people happy during the day and at night. <laughs> uh, so, okay, best, worst, future famous actor cameos. Um, I will not even bring up Jeremy Renner again. Um, but the first vampire that we see on the show who is an angel is Sawyer from Lost. Uh, so I found that show. say something like, uh, like, why don't you shut up and die? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> Well, Elizabeth Rome became also very uh, famous. She was the assistant DA on Law and Order. Oh, so good. Those are great episodes. Check those out. Um, yeah, and there were a few more. I failed to keep track, which was my fault. But like, it was just interesting. I felt like there was more uh, known actors on Angel than on Buffy, um, at least at the beginning. All right. Uh, I think that's it for the best worst. Uh, so why don't we move on to recommendations? Recommendations. Uh, John, it looks like you got a couple. Uh, yeah, I was surprised that you didn't have these in before I did, Dennis. But uh, after uh, watching Lonely Heart, again, we already mentioned David Cronenberg's Rabid wonderful movie if you're into uh stabby sex scenes and uh if you enjoyed the episode i fall to pieces with the doctor who comes into parts i recommend watching all of the x-files because <laughs> that is basically an x-files episode on yeah totally it's uh so tombs right <laughs> no totally yeah the whole i mean the whole thing the whole like oh, i've looked into his background and he's been studying psychic surgery in the alps <laughs> and like that just feels like an x-files like piece of dialogue yeah, uh, I am going to recommend uh, the Clive Barker movie, uh, Nightbreed. Um, it's uh, about a guy who keeps having visions of monsters. And uh, David Cronenberg actually plays his psychiatrist in it. Uh, it's a totally bonkers movie. and the But it's very much the similar thing of like he helps the helpless and it's about like the monsters aren't the real villains. Um, and the main actor even looks like David Boreanaz. Uh, so if you... If you just feel like there's not enough David Boreanaz in your life, uh, go check out Nightbreed because you can get a, sim- a proper simulation. Um, I'm also going to recommend the comic Devil Man. Uh, it's a manga and an anime and stuff. Um, 
it's a uh, about a world with demons and uh, one one guy ha- has the powers of a demon but of a heart of a man and so he fights the demons it's really good and weird and intense um uh i'm gonna recommend uh the movie freaks for a similar thing of like it's just that like the more we learn like the more we learned about the freaks the more they're the heroes or the sympathetic characters at least against like the normal people um and then i'm going to just talk about tv shows for a minute because uh one show i will really recommend that has a similar setup but he's not a detective he's a journalist is kolchak the night stalker um that one's a really fun one and then i just i think there's it's funny that like vampire detective show is something that there's like multiple occasions of uh, so there's the show Moonlight from 2007, which I think had one season, and the vampire in that was named Mick St. John, uh, which, given I'm Dennis St. John, I got a cousin named Mick, who's not, like, it's a, a name very, very, <laughs> very close to me, I guess. Um, and then there was a South Korean TV show called The Vampire Detective in 2016. I haven't seen that, but I just think it's funny that, like, there's just so many of these types of shows. And there's a few other where the guy's not a vampire, but he's like immortal in some way. Um, uh, yeah, and then I already said Dead Like Me um, and Dark Shadows, the TV series, um, which is, there's also the Tim Burton movie, but the show I think is better. Um, and very long running vampire, another monster show. All right, uh, that's it for recommendations for me. Anyone else? Just watch more Angel if you didn't get enough Angel in season one, episodes one through 11. That's right. We got four and a half more seasons. All right. Uh, let's move on to themes. Deep stuff. John? Okay, uh, so I want to talk about the weird idea for this show in that Angel is a very explicitly sexually repressed and that's kind of his, that's his power character. Yeah, uh, It's interesting to me, like, so the way that, especially the way that Doyle sort of frames it at the beginning that you were talking about earlier, Dennis, uh, where he says, you know, basically like you're like an addict, you could at any moment become evil again. So we basically understand that the rules are for uh, Angel that he could go back to killing just out of like weakness. Like he always kind of on some level wants to, but there's also this mechanic where uh, if he has an orgasm with someone that he will become uh, evil in an instant. Yeah. Um, And I, so (laughs) I think it's just really interesting that first of all, we're worried that he's going to become murderous and that, that, that what will happen is that he'll have sex and that will make him a murder monster, but he's allowed to kill (laughs) <laughs> all he wants he can throw people out of windows he can like you know stab people he can kill things with swords as long as he doesn't get a boner well he does yeah exactly um, yeah, there's like yeah. there's 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 an unstated statement there about male sexuality that is super uncomfortable yeah well there's this my uh uh i have a friend brandon who's a cartoonist who made this weird joke about there's this whole genre of comics where about like if the main character ever has an orgasm, the world collapses. <laughs> and it's like Lil Abner and like Archie is another one. Like Archie is perpetually trying to do something, but he can never, he like, if he actually ever has sex, that's like world destroying, right? I forget there was more, but it's, it, it is kind of a weird theme. Um, especially like 
so with Angel, because at least this first season deals has so many like gay jokes and stuff, and we're dealing with a sexually repressed character, like what's up with that? Yeah. yeah there's a lot of eyebrow waggling that this show seems to do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's hard to comment on. There's so much of it, you know, when, and when you say it, it's, it's kind of, it's more clear to me. I feel like I kind of like just kind of just filtered that through Angel's sexually repressed character and like it didn't bother me, but the show definitely is aware of it for sure. Hyper aware. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're, they're kind of playing on the old trope of like the virgin uh, knight, you know, the virginity and the holiness. I mean, they're kind of like, they're going to town with it, right? Like they, they turned that up to 11 because it's like, it's not that sex is bad, but it's like, sex is like really bad. Um, <laughs> although technically it's a moment of perfect, perfect happiness. So interpret that as you will. So it's perfect <laughs> happiness. So just get that through your head. Um, and I think, does Doyle say, you know, don't you realize how rare that is to have a perfect moment of perfect happiness? So, I mean, in some ways it's, it's also a lot about like fear of, of, uh, uh, of, sec- of your sexuality a little bit or fear of the consequences of definitely what you become. So I, th- I think they stated it. Cause so it's not like Angel can have sex. Um, it's just that there's a risk of... We don't know. Well, I think right. they say, they say, didn't Doyle tell Cordelia that like how rare... Do you I know think that's rare? Wesley later on. Okay, that's Wesley. Getting my, getting my male uh, supporting actors mixed up here. It's uh, not one big jumble up in here. Yeah. But the way the show, at least right now, is treating it is equating it with sex. And it's yeah. also that... I mean, also sex and happiness, right? It's like this is a character who needs to stay miserable for the world to work, right? Like, like uh, yeah, happiness, he has to sacrifice his happiness for the world. Too. Happiness is a moral wrong. Yeah, like yeah. it's very fucking Catholic, man. Uh, yeah, it does feel very Catholic. Well, I mean, it's all about all comes back to sex too. I mean, come on, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it get more Catholic than that. Everything is sex, except for sex, which is power. <laughs> uh, yeah, the uh, yeah, the other theme I wanted to talk about was just um, what makes it like trying to thematically think about how Angel and Buffy are different shows after they split off because it's like the first three seasons of Buffy are high school, and then they split off. And I think I interpret Angel as a show about your professional life, and Buffy as a show about your personal life. Um, and that's why like there's things in Angel, in this beginning of Angel season one that are like kind of career milestones at the beginning of your career, like making your first business card. And like, they treat that as this big deal. I mean, Cordelia treats it more of a big deal than anybody else, but like Angel actually uses them. It's like having your office, having your business card. Like if this was, uh, set now, it'd be about like creating your, uh, uh, keeping your internet presence up and creating your website and Cordelia would constantly be in, harassing angel about like you got to keep your twitter presence up (laughs) if you don't tweet you don't eat (laughs) i uh hollywood call me i've got more one-liners like that Uh, (laughs) i i I like i think you're totally i think you're right dennis i think another way something else i think about is buffy is a show about growing old in your hometown i think there's there's multiple ways where this works as Buffy is growing up and becoming an adult in your hometown, and Angel is more about becoming an adult in somewhere new, there's a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think there's a little more business stuff in Angel than there is in Buffy for sure, too. 
And um, yeah, I mean, I, think, I feel like with Buffy, they retread, they retread locations, storylines. They're gonna, they're gonna retread some. Oh man, I'm just spoiling. They're, they're, they're gonna retread some, some issues. Some yeah. issues are gonna get retread. It's all about like what would you know consequences of of living and growing up in one place. So to me, I. Maybe that's why I feel less guilty when I watch Angel. Because Angel isn't like trying to retread the place, you know, where he grew up. And because we all, we all abandoned our families. Spoiler alert for the podcast. We all abandoned our family, families, except for Dennis, I guess. So <laughs> um, maybe that's why he likes Buffy better than Angel. <laughs> all right. Uh, that, yeah. <laughs> I like where that goes at the end. It goes to a real confusing place at the end of that. that uh, I mean, I, I was really especially thinking about like things like the business card and the no, offices right. and where, yeah. right. like watch where his, what his title is and where his offices are and stuff as the series goes on and how it's kind of about developing, um, uh, which I think is vague enough to not count as spoilers, right? It's just like, like, where do these, like, where do we grow professionally versus where do we grow emotionally? Um, I'm not, yeah, whether I've abandoned my family or not is... <laughs> no, Dennis, you haven't. You're the lucky one. The rest of us... I don't know if it's luck. I spent all of yesterday with my family. It was interesting. Uh, I got some homemade ice cream out of it. So that's all I'll say about that on camera. We haven't played Buffy Bingo in a while, but if you're keeping track, you can tick off a square of Buffy Bingo. <laughs> honorary Dennis sad story because he won't go into the details I'm trying to learn how to not go into those details on the well, show. how are people going to play bingo because you know what happened is a, a couple friends of mine have started watching the show from the beginning our podcast from the beginning and they're bringing up stuff I said like two years ago and I'm like oh you haven't even gotten to like <laughs> wait till I get real depressed and it's on the show Mike can you, you want to guess at the theme guess I mean another theme would be like a hero, a hero without a plan, like this kind of imp- learning how to become a hero. Um, like they don't really have a plan for how, or Angel doesn't have a plan for how he's going to help or help the world or right wrongs. I mean, you see it in that first episode, City of, where he's trying to help Tina. He doesn't really know her problem. She doesn't even really think she has a problem. And then he's, she kind of reveals it eventually after a few, com- you know, a little bit of a conversation. But like Angel's, figuring out how he can help people and even how, like how, what he should be doing, like his role in the world. So I think, you know, I, th- I agree with your finding yourself as an adult as a, as part of the theme, Travis, when you were, you know, contrasting the shows or maybe Dennis said that, sorry, I'm jumbled. Yeah, that, you that was more Dennis. Yeah. I'm more like sticking to this other thing, but you're right. Redemption. I mean, this is all about redemption anyways. Buffy is less about redemption. Buffy doesn't have to redeem her past actions very much. So that's another way that this show is way different than Buffy. It's crazy to me for as much about redemption it is though how little Angel talks about the past. Like, but maybe that's part of the redemption. Maybe, maybe that's just because he knows the audience is bored with that stuff. <laughs> He's like, uh, blah blah blah. I've heard it all before. Let me get a new new uh, supporting cast member in here. Uh, I mean, talk about the past. It's like, I mean, do you, you wouldn't bring up the crappy things that you did as a teenager or? I mean, this guy did, podcast, like, maybe. Really, I mean, well, your friend's on a podcast. If Angel was on a podcast, his spike would have brought it up. Like, hey, Angel, <laughs> you remember that time, you know? And Angel would be like, oh, my God, don't bring this up. Yeah. <laughs> that was, the, uh, the Spike Angel podcast is full of embarrassing moments. Oh, man. 
Ah, it's just one embarrassing moment and another strung together <laughs> with a theme. And then, like, yeah, Spike's Poetry Corner. And... Oh, man. Sorry, spoilers. Yeah. All right. Okay. Sorry. This actually sounds like a good podcast. Oh, dude, it'd be so much better, fun. It'd be like Spike and Angel, and then every week they'd have, like, on an old buddy. And, like, you know, just... Or, oh, no, they should have on a human, and every yes. episode it should... The audience should decide whether Spike eats them or Angel saves them. Ooh, like a Colin show. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. Very interesting. Angel is always like, "I didn't agree to this part." But it's like the idea of also like a podcast show with like Spike and Angel, and they're like almost like you know every every time they're on, Angel's like, "Why am I contractually obligated to be on this show?" Like, like it's just like this, this anger to be on a show with with Spike who just you know rubs him the wrong way, like in all these different ways. Damn it. All right, poly section. All right. Let's do the poly section. My poly section is uh, predictions. Virgin predictions. For Angel, that also might spill over to Buffy. I'd like them to spill over to Buffy just in case they happen on Buffy. Uh, So the powers that be is a really unique thing in uh, Angel where we go to this magical room where these oracles kind of can change what happens in the world. Uh, I feel like the powers that be are going to be, it's going to be more than one room. That's a weird prediction, but like right now we visit one room. That's like this weird Greek set, Greekish set. Uh, That world needs to expand. Um, I'm not sure how that prediction should run right now. I'm saying there'll be more than one room to represent the world of the powers that be. It doesn't say that. Let me address this. Because they're clearly, you guys just say powers that be, it rolls off the tongue. And so there's more going on in that world than uh, the show is letting on. PTB, man. PTB. PTB, that's what you've always been saying. PTB. Yeah, so next prediction. Kate and Angel will get over their hate of each other. Kate and Angel will kiss. Doyle will appear in a flashback. Cordelia will lose her ability to have visions. Angel will never become human again. That was a one-time deal. Can I, can I ask why you think Cordelia would lose her visions? Like, what, what about the show prompts you to make that guess? Do you mean I, it as, like, a one-off or as, like, for her? Thing? I mean, at the very least, as a one-off. Because I think the show is relying on it and relying on her to, like, figure out what to do next. And so we just have to lose that. Um, for the show to grow up and go into a second or third season, you know, this like something's wrong in the universe slot machine needs to get broken because like they need to have better better plan than that. And I think that's part of becoming an adult and becoming a professional is not just responding to the this the chaotic vision that happens. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I just don't like that that as the main story vehicle feels broken to me. Uh, and then but I don't know how she's going to lose it. I mean, at least for an episode. I mean, I, I, I just want to say she's going to lose it. I don't want to say forever because I don't know how the show gets written. <laughs> uh, and also the never predictions are challenging because they only get dealt with at the end. Uh, so there's that. Um, Oz will appear again on Angel. I feel like Oz can have a second life appearance on Angel, at least a guest appearance after, um, after leaving Buffy. Um, 
Now, this prediction, this next one's pretty controversial. I think this will happen on Buffy, but Giles will get transformed into young Giles. Where is this coming way? from? This is just thoughts I have when I, I live okay. with Buffy in my in my brain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, all fucking we're, day. We're talking about sure. Angel, and all of a sudden you're like, Giles is going to be young Giles. I live with Buffy in my brain, and I feel like a young Giles episode will be really funny. All right. Like Giles has a demon. Like a wish list. This is your prediction, man. These are just like a wish list. It's like your wish list, man. Well, we just saw the episode where Giles became a demon and it was lovely, right? Yes. That was a that was a fun episode of Buffy in season four. Um, screwing with Giles is fun. You can only hit him on the head yeah. so many times. Yep. Young Giles wouldn't know as much, but might be fun in different ways. And, and also no one would know who he was. Yes. And uh, young Picard was hilarious. <laughs> so young Giles is also going to be great, I'm sure. Yeah, young Giles could be there's, its own show. <laughs> sorry, there's another of our not often used uh, Buffy Bingo. <laughs> we're back, uh, guys. We're back. Bingo's on. Uh, Faith and Angel are going to team up. Again, this is all these dream teams. Spike and Angel will team up. The Watcher Council will be a villain on Angel. I know it just seems like Wolfram and Hart are the main villain. That's why I don't want to make a prediction because it's so obvious that they're the villain. But Watcher Council will be a villain on Angel. And then, this is a weird one. Doyle left something behind that a demon is going to come looking for. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is. He left something behind. That's the end of my predictions. Yeah. Those Uh, are great. Uh, so we didn't go over old predictions. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Does John have old predictions prepared? Because I, I know there's going to be some. Uh, there, okay, so let's see. Looking at some old predictions. Uh, let's see. Uh, back in season three, episode 14, when Wesley first showed up, Mike predicted this new watcher, Wesley, is going to make it to season four. Now, he didn't quite make it onto season four Buffy, but he definitely made it onto season one Angel, which I, we're counting, I think, is the same thing. Yeah, I think we made the decision. We've made that uh, sort of precedent that uh, for the purposes of the predictions sheet that season one of Angel and season four of Buffy are the same thing. Congratulations. Bless you. Bless you. Mike, you're lucky because I'd actually vote against you in in this. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, I think if we just, the thing is, if we voted against that now, it would set this precedent where none of the Buffy predictions would be able to come true, right? Which is like not as fun. Okay. It needs to be a cross the board thing. the episode after that, though, Mike, you predict that Wesley is going to leave the Watcher's Council by his choice. And we learned uh, this season of Angel that he was fired from the Watcher's Council. <laughs> no! <laughs> denied! So that How is denied. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, the language. <laughs> you bring this on yourself, Mike. <laughs> Completely unnecessarily too specific with some of these recommendations. I'm surprised uh, you didn't say Kate and Angel will kiss in the moonlight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've gotten more vague. You've learned, my boy. You learn. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then the only other one that I have that I think might have happened, and I don't think I watched these 11 episodes carefully enough. You guys are going to have to help me with that with this. Mike predicted uh, back in season three, episode seven, that Angel will perform a magic spell again. Has that happened? In these yeah. eleven episodes, I think, I think so, right? He, I just can't pinpoint where. Yes, the exorcism. Um, you could say the exorcism in Room with a View. Yeah. Okay, that's right. That's right. 
That's right. And I was thinking he has, he has to perform a spell to like meet the oracles, right? It, That's right. It's just so like a door knocking spell. A couple spells. Yeah. yeah. 11 episodes. There we go. Thank you very much. Okay. So that is uh, confirmation for angel performing magic spells. Uh, and after that, Mike, uh, I believe that you uh, came up from a uh, 63 point something. I forgot to check before we made all the changes, but you are now at an even 64%. Wow. It's a long journey to the top. If you That's want to rock and roll. That's got to feel good, man. Um, and I just had one section I want to add here, just favorite moments. The best part of this show has been watching Angel with Travis. Aww. And uh, Travis has been like been good about pushing us to watch this show together. And that's been really fun. It's been a pleasure to watch this show. And I've been totally up on Angel. Like uh, Travis is looked after me in sense that you know we continued to to like move forward on this show while you know at the same time watching buffy so that's been really fun so that's all uh just that's been it's it's a fun show to watch with someone who's not only a huge fan of it but like um also on this podcast <laughs> so we can talk about it uh, and nice. travis has like so much knowledge about the show and like that he, he's been very good about not revealing the show but it's been so much fun Oh, I look forward to getting back to it now that we've hit the wall here. You know, can move forward. Yeah, now you can plow through the next 11 episodes. Plow through, exactly. That's what I consider. I get my TV watching plow and I, I <laughs> get it you, Yep, and then you uh, harvest the TV watching beans and make these podcasts. So we do. Can you crush the beans with your super strength? <laughs> And I still feel like that I, I missed I missed when that happened. I still don't think I got the date the episode right for when that happens. One thing I'd love to toss in here uh, really quickly uh, is that there's all this um, difficulty around the fact that Angel does not have a uh, investigator's license. He doesn't have a PI <laughs> license in California. So I looked up what it would take for him to get one, and I mean it's definitely some work, but I think he should do it. Yeah, he should do it. If he needs if Veronica Mars could do it while she was still in high school. Well, he needs an associate's degree. That's the hard part. He needs an associate's uh, degree in police studies. How'd she do it then? Or, uh, you know, or a bachelor's degree in something else. But like, he needs an associate's degree. He needs uh, a, a clean background check, uh, and you know, a couple other things. But like, and like a two hundred fifty dollars fee or whatever. Um, well, I feel like it's all I mean, approachable. I'd love to see a bunch of the show where Angel starts going to night school. <laughs> well, they should have Wesley do it, and like. It's still oh, called yeah. Angel Investigations, but Wesley is the prime detective. Yeah, he's the detective of record or whatever. Yeah. Here's a prediction. Angel will never even read a single fucking book about forensics <laughs> or detective work. <laughs> I'm not putting that on the list because I'm going to go ahead and confirm that now. <laughs> this is easy money for Mike. <laughs> not even a single book. <laughs> oh, wouldn't it be amazing if there was an episode where he's reading, you know? He's catching up on it, but people are trying to stop him from reading and learning. <laughs> you know, like demons are trying to stop him from going to school. Yeah. All right. Uh, is that the episode? I believe it is. Well, then we will see you next week when we're back on Buffy. Next time you you hear our dulcet tones, one of us will be living in England. And we mi we'll miss you. Uh, we need to figure out how the scheduling works once you yeah, get there no and kidding. stuff. <laughs> Uh, but we we will still have you on. Obviously, we can't do this without you. Yay!
Uh, so we'll figure that out. Um, so I've been your host, Dennis St. John. Uh, you can buy my books. Please do. Uh, you can find uh, our podcast wherever you're listening to it right now and a couple other places. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We'll see you next week on Buffy and see you in hell.